Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Yeah! So joining us is Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Greetings. So joining us all the way from Tennessee, one of the pastors at Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. What's up? All right, uh, Jed, I believe we had a note come in on the wire. We did, we did. Beep, 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 beep. That's the wire sound. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the uh, studio equipment's not exactly modern here at Say That World Headquarters. <laughs> MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox, please. We Attention, ha- Mission USA and all the ships to see. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I wanted to hear Glenn's 1950s radio voice again. Sure. <laughs> uh, we uh, received a note from uh, one of our Say That super fans, which I, I, I think we can use that uh, uh, moniker here. Sure. Sure, I, I think I that qualifies. Miss uh, Kristen. From Tennessee, she she writes to tell us that y'all are amazing. Yes, which I think we can all agree with. Strong start. If you want us to read your email, that's a great way to start. That soul ties trailer was priceless. She's talking about the bridge box intro video. She is talking about where the we video. and we promised it on this podcast that we were going to do a trailer, our version of the trailer for the movie Soul Ties that's coming out. We didn't just promise it. We delivered we it. We delivered it, and we delivered it in puppet form. In puppet form. <laughs> Kristen writes, and I might have watched it twice in a row, but then my nine-year-old boy began watching it, and I think we need to pause right there. I, I think we've been clear in the past that what we produce here is really not fit for the consumption of children. Well, to be fair, what we produce isn't fit for the consumption of anyone, so yeah. it's kind of a yeah. take yeah, you, chances. I think most adults would find it rather childish. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, too childish for adults and too adults for children. <laughs> yes, sure. correct. Thank that, you. <laughs> put that on a T-shirt right there. Yeah, Christian writes. But then my son began watching it and laughing so loud and for so long it got funny just to watch him watch it. Nice. Well, I don't think we can argue with that. No, that's I think that's great. Pretty smart kid. His favorite line: "Quote: I'd like to buy you a nice non-sexual cup of coffee." <laughs> Provocative that features prominently. That, that's the kind of line that gets people going. Kristen writes on. <laughs> really? Sure, why not? Yeah, I have many reasons why not, but keep going. <laughs> so I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity to have a sex talk with my son, as well as explain that soul ties do not exist. Maybe the kids of tomorrow have a chance, and growing up, not growing up hearing this crap, now to go watch it again. Wow. There's a lot to look at there. Yeah. We made a nice Christian lady use the word crap. I think yeah. that uh, definitely needs to be I found it a little offensive. I mean, it was well, kind of like, was that necessary? You have quite delicate sensibilities, what, to what be fair. What kind of people has she been hanging around where she would hear that kind of language? <laughs> totally. Totally. She's been in... She's been consuming the wrong kind of media as well. I also imagine that her work environment isn't the holiest place either. Ooh. Yeah, oh no, yeah, probably. Probably she's around a lot of salty people. Rough or, characters. Yeah, sure. rough characters. But I think we, we need to really take a moment to consider the fact, I don't know if it's good or bad, I just think we need to get into it, that we have for the first time that I'm aware of provoked a birds and the bees talk between a parent and their elementary school age child. Wow. Well, I think uh, that's what you want. Is that what we want? Is, that, is this a good thing? Is this a win for us? I think it's a total win. You know, uh, you should, you know, just get 
really small children in front of the, the speakers. <laughs> and and then they'll say, have questions. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of questions. <laughs> and you say, I'm glad you asked that, Timmy. And then you just go right into it. See? Right. That's good stuff right there. I guess what I want to know is, can we get funding as a sex ed curriculum? Yes. Oh, that's, Clearly. That's Why not? No question. Because I think there's some serious dollars we can, we can get out of this thing. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, one of those... On the TV where it says you need to know, and then the rainbow goes across <laughs> it, you know, like that. Right, right. That's like, you're welcome. Sure, totally. We're telling people how things go, man. I think our version of the more you know would be a little bit more aggressive. Like, you can't unknow that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think since there's clearly a demand for it, because uh, Miss Kristen, oh, no. as, as far as I could tell, seemed to be pleased with this whole experience. Sure. I can't explain any part of that, but I'm saying let's just go with it. So you're saying puppets. <laughs> Talking about sex. Adult. Themed puppet yeah. videos. Themed oh, oh. was a very important word. Right yeah, there. With, with a frank discussion yes. of sexuality. And the puppets are acting it out. No. Maybe. I, I mean, uh, we're the I sex think that I think that already exists on the internet. <laughs> I'm against that. Okay, <laughs> Lee's out. Now, uh, so yeah, I think, uh, I think this is great. Well, I think, first of all, there's a couple of things. Number one, from now on, since we are paid sex educators, right. you're Dr. Love. Light. I like that. That's that's thing number one. Wow. Um, I'm Professor Pleasure. <laughs> Absolutely, you are Professor Pleasure. <laughs> this whole thing is set up for you to just say that last line? <laughs> no, it just, it just came to me in that moment. That's even worse somehow. Love and Pleasure Productions. Love and Pleasure Productions. Let's roll this baby out. Let's get some puppets. Let's... Uh, <laughs> Let's have them go at it. Oh my what? No. 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 <laughs> but but we haven't what? even declared an emergency yet, and this is absolutely outlandish. This is beyond an emergency. <laughs> well, I, I have to declare an emergency oh on that. Oh, my God. Good no. Lord. Matt's declaring an emergency. Hey, this is Professor Pleasure letting you no, know it isn't. we've declared an emergency. No. <laughs> I think that's no. exactly right. We're just trying to help. There's nothing right about it. We're trying to help Christian children. That's yeah. what we're this doing isn't helping here. anyone. <laughs> Why are people trying to come against us? Here's what we need to break down. What are the topics of our curriculum? What are no, we? No, we don't into? need to break that down. Well, uh, gosh, um, you know, the, you start with the basics. Where do babies come from? Sure, totally, totally. Uh, and then I think you just work backwards from there. You okay, know, <laughs> like you know how you know how do they how are they made? Sure, you know? sure. And A then, special kind of hug. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Special <laughs> hugging. That's yeah. that's episode two. Special Be- hugging. special hugging. And then we just keep going. You sure. Know, we just, what, what could possibly go wrong? I think uh, this is I'm a gonna winner. I'm going to go ahead and say that Glenn's saying the phrase, let's just keep going, has never led to anything positive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jump on that. I'm going to throw that out there. Look, if you're a parent out there and you have kids and right. you're thinking to yourself, you know, how do I prepare my children yeah. to to deal with, you know, the the complexities and and nuances of, of a modern world? You know, right. how do I, you know, how do I get them ready, you right. know, to, to to handle all this? What I want you to know is Dr. Love is here for you. Dude. He is ready to break it down. Look, here's the I'm just going to say this. You got two options. Option number 1 is you sit down with your child, you have a frank and open discussion, you explain to them clearly how things work, sure, and you 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 walk them through the process of what these things are all about. Now, clearly, that's a bad option. Sure, you don't want you don't do that. That would be that like, sounds uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. What you want 
is Love and Pleasure Productions puppet videos to teach your child oh my how it all goes down. <laughs> Timmy, I'm going to play this video for you. It'll explain everything. Listen, every single time I think this podcast is is doing so much spiritual good that it's going to wind up just tipping and exploding. You know, Christianity Today, the whole thing. Right. Th- something like this happens, and it's like, no, that's never an option ever. Yeah, that's never yeah, that's, that's that ship has sailed now. I think we may have gone all the way around a bend to the other side of things we're not trying to do here. And I think from time immemorial... Christians have been looking for something to horrify their kids off wanting to ever learn more about sex. I think this might be it. That's, Ooh. that's actually oh. a possibility. You're welcome. Yeah, that's what we do. Whatever you want it to be, man, we, just make it rain. Well, yeah, well, we can uh, yeah, we could find a way to, to horrify your children. I mean, we could introduce more <laughs> characters. Are they doing right. that for free? Absolutely. That bag of puppets, and it was literally a bag of puppets, we only used about half of that. Well, here's what we want you to know is, um, you know, uh, um, we uh, we improv about 99% of these emergencies that you hear. Yeah, uh, yeah 99.9%. And, and I just want to be very clear that at least for Glenn and I right now, right. the amount of restraint that is going on. I have <laughs> another hour of material that's not coming out right now. If you think It will this come is out when the three of us go to dinner after this. I, I yes. think I may pull something if yes. we don't declare emergency Dad, off Dad's soon. Dad's face is literally red yeah. right With now. With restraint. Yeah. Yes, yes, he's holding yeah. back. So here's what I'm saying is we can, look, you got kids, they're sort of concerned and interested in sex, and you don't know what to do, what to tell them, whatever. You watch a Love and Productions video, here's what's going to happen. That kid's going to be crying. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. That whole thing is put off down the road for another 10 years. That's what That's what these parents are looking for. That's what we aim to deliver. That's right. You know, they you they'll watch on our videos. They're gonna say, you know what? I want to live a safe and wholesome life. <laughs> Sign up for Bridgebox. Traumatize your children. You're and welcome. Behaving. Sure. <laughs> Everything's worse when it comes from a unicorn puppet. <laughs> We've been traumatizing adults all this time. We We're, didn't even know there was a whole new market. Totally. Just yeah. expanding, you know. Yeah, we can we can make that happen. Oh Lord! All right. On that note, we're gonna have to declare emergency off. Woo! 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 Yikes! If you want to be part of other things that are not that terrible in Bridgebox, that are nice and encouraging, songs about our Lord, <laughs> sermons, <laughs> lovely yeah. writings. That's all in Bridgebox, too. There's only one thing in there that's meant to horrify you, <laughs> and that's the video. And you can just skip that. If you don't want that experience, that's fine. You still get a lot of good stuff. You're, what you're trying to say is Bridgebox is 100% puppet sex free. <laughs> Most months. <laughs> we put out 12 Bridgeboxes at this point. Only one, only one month has featured puppets, and they were only riding a unicorn together. That's not a that's euphemism. True. That's the last shot. That's true. They were riding away in the sunset. And that's together. you know that it's a lot for your eight dollars. It's a lot of songs. It's a lot of growth. It's a lot of good stuff. The thing about it, give you a little backstory on Bridgebox. The video we filmed that that day started off by me, Glenn, and Jed carrying 
I'm not joking, a clear bag full of puppets and video recording equipment into my apartment. Yes. If you want to ask yourself if Matt's neighbor said hi to him since that incident, that's a big no. Uh, yeah, that, that looked like something really weird and wrong was happening in that, uh, yeah. So that's the kind of effort we go to to do these things for you. We also, again, songs, Bible studies, devotionals, sermons, lots of good stuff. Only $8. All that money goes directly to funding people to do missions on this mission field. That's putting missionaries in the jailhouse, on the street, in some of the roughest neighborhoods in Chicago, helping out the least of these. Uh, We guarantee you there's nowhere that you're going to get your $8 of ministry stretched out more than that. We can pretty much guarantee you that. And uh, it's a lot of cool stuff for your own walk, too, which we're happy to make. So all that, missionusa.com slash bridgebox. And also check out our bri- – if you want to get a preview of some of the Bridgebox products, that's uh, on our blog. We can also now check out our weekly Bridge podcast. It comes out every Monday. Features songs and sermons from the, bri- from the Bridgebox stuff. So that's a good way to kind of get an intro into that. That's free. You can find that on iTunes, the Bridge podcast, or you can search Mission USA Productions. Write a review. Yes, sir. All right. Now that I have the questions back in front of me, we can read the first one. This will go. Well, how did that co- uh, sheet of paper end up on the other side of the studio? Had a That's very important, a- pertinent, holy. We don't message. write wrong things during the taping of this podcast and circulate them because that would be wrong. <laughs> no, there's not an entire visual element to this podcast that would get us all fired. Why would you say such a thing? Nobody's ever mimed anything. <laughs> not- yeah. Okay, we need to stop now before this all goes down horribly. All right, question one came in anonymously with our Tumblr inbox. It says, I need help. My boyfriend and I have been together for more than a year, and he started to have some new doctrinal ideas. Mm. He's starting to believe in predestination and things like that, and I've always been big on choice, so it made me so sad to hear from them that I really don't know if I should stay with him. I don't know if if I should stay with someone that believes that, He's still the same guy and still has the same love and kindness that brought me to him. I've been getting a lot of mixed ideas from my different mentors, and I don't know what to do. College will be ending soon, and I've been taking this relationship quite seriously. Breaking up over doctrine does seem silly, but I don't know anymore. Glenn, can you start us off? Well, your mentors should have asked you, why on earth are you talking about this? Uh, Why on earth are you spending this much time on this? Generally speaking... Uh, I was in college once, okay. and my main focus had nothing to do with obscure points of Christian doctrine. It mostly had to do with, uh, uh, you know, physical intimacy sure. with my, uh, you know, girlfriend sure. at the time. So uh, I've, I'm not sure how this became a big uh, interest. Uh, you mentioned predestination, and and um, we were talking before the podcast. So, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, for example, Presbyterians uh, kind of focus some of their doctrine focuses pretty heavily on uh, predestination stuff. And I was telling the the fellas a hundred percent, literally one hundred percent of the uh, Presbyterian pastors I've talked to. If you bring up the subject of predestination, they'll say, yeah, you know, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine, whatever. That's literally how much focus they put on it. Uh, it, And that's the thing with all human doctrine that you have to, uh, all uh, church doctrine is that it's all human. A human being sat down and and sort of described this stuff in a certain doctrinal language. 
it's not the Word of God itself. It may be based on the Word of God, which is fine and which is cool. Uh, there, there are uh, things about that the Bible says about us having a destiny that we were created for, um, that God uh, created us with a purpose that we were meant to serve. That's absolutely true. Uh, most of Christianity makes no sense without the concept of free will in it. Uh, that's also true. So probably a smart person would look at that and say, you know, it's a bit of this, it's a bit of that. We're describing it in human terms. We're thinking of it in human terms. We're probably not understanding this 100%. We can wrestle with that. We can talk about it. We can look at it. But what you can't do with that is say uh, a, a dude wrote a book and came up with a doctrine and described it in this language, and it's got to be that. And if it's not that, everybody out of the pool, I can't play with you. I can't hang with you. I can't whatever, whatever. Uh, the the thing about uh, uh, doctrine is to understand what it's meant to do. And the idea behind doctrine is we're taking the full range of uh, Christianity and all of its beliefs and everything about God's character and what's going on in Scripture, and we're trying to think of that in more simple terms. We're trying to codify that. We're, be, we're trying to take all that and say, here's a way of right. understanding it. We, here are broad themes that are, are going on in Scripture. Here are concepts that we find consistent. It just becomes a, a way for us to get a handle on things. And that's good stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you say, I have come up with a way to get a handle on it, and it is true in every case, for every extreme, under every circumstance, and uh, everyone must get behind that, that's when we've got to you know, blow the whistle and whatever. And I can't emphasize this enough. All of this is a function of stuff that's far, 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 far away from the front lines of Christianity. Yeah. That's that, We talked about this a little bit in the last podcast. This is stuff that people talk about that don't actually minister to other people. If you minister to other people, predestination is never coming up. That's never going to be. People have real-world concerns about sexual stuff. They have concerns about money stuff. They have concerns about their future and all these different kinds of things. It's important for us to get in there and help them wrestle with those bigger issues. And they have much more fundamental concerns than some of these more obscure points of doctrine. So I think that to overly focus on that might be a mistake. For sure, yes, if you both get to a place where you feel like there's no overlap, yeah, there's reasons to reevaluate that relationship and look at that. But I, I really have to stress the fact that nobody that's a college-age individual ought to be dwelling on this to this extent as opposed to figuring out how to walk their walk in 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 the real world and how to have a a godly christian close relationship that's growing and thriving uh between you and your boyfriend absolutely jed thanks a lot for your question we appreciate you writing in uh for those of you we have a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are brand new to god and jesus and christianity and we're really glad that you're with us predestination is a big fancy word and what it means is it refers to the idea that god chooses who he's going to save uh and that if god doesn't choose you then you're not going to be saved so that's that 
there are people um, that subscribe to that, that, that believe that, and that's a part of kind of a suite of beliefs called Calvinism. Um, it's named after a guy named John Calvin who kind of said, you know, I think these beliefs kind of all go together. Um, most Christians, as Glenn was suggesting, really kind of uh, believe something that's a little bit between God choosing who he's going to save and people choosing God. If, if we're going to be right. honest, that's actually what most Christians believe, is something that's a little bit between those two, just so we're all on on the same page. The, the Bible does say things both about God um, choosing people and about us choosing God. Both right. of those things occur in the Bible. So right. if we want to be biblical about it, there kind of would need to be some element of both. Right. Now that we've said that, the thing I'd really encourage you to be asking about you and your boyfriend is not, do you guys share the exact same doctrine? It's, do you share the same core values? Right. Because that's the thing that really, really matters. If you're trying to um, uh, marry a life together, if you're trying to take two people and put them into a shared life, the thing they need to agree on is what is important. Here's what you need to know. No two people on the planet believe the exact same things. Yeah. That, that doesn't actually exist. A- every person has, on some level, their own unique beliefs about God and, and who he is and the way that he operates. You're, you're never, ever going to find someone with whom you believe point for point on everything. But what you do want to find is someone where the things that you're willing to live and die for, you agree about. Uh-huh. So what would be on that list? Well, the first thing is, how do we measure um, success in our life? That's a really key question. For a lot of people, success means uh, we have all of our bills paid, and we have a comfortable home, and um, we have a a reasonably new automobile. And when we have all those things together, we've succeeded. Um, And uh, it would be a really bad idea to take a person where their idea of success was going out and having fun in the moment, and a person whose idea of success was the nice house, the nice car, and trying to get those two people to share a life. That would be a terrible idea because it would not work. Um, they're, they're pointed in two different directions. One of the things for my wife and I that allows our marriage to work is that we share our idea of success is figuring out what God is asking us to do and then going and doing that. That's what it means to succeed. Every, nothing else matters. Um, and we agree on that, and, and that gives us a huge stable base to work from. So I think if it were me, the thing that I would want to be talking in earnest about with my boyfriend and, and he with you is what do you guys actually care about? Yeah. Um, when you start getting into what you actually care about, what you'll find is that's going to tell you what you really believe about God. Um, you know, this, this doctrine stuff is kind of, for a lot of people, it's an intellectual exercise. But when you get into the things, the, the question you're trying to, a- to answer is, what can't I live without? What does it take for me to feel happy and satisfied and content and like my life is going somewhere? When you start going down that list, you're going to find out what you actually believe. That's the, the things that are on that list. That's what's informing your true personal theology. But if you and your boyfriend start looking at those two uh, those things and you find that actually you're on the same page, that's great. If you start looking at it and he says, you know what? I feel like evangelism isn't important because uh, I believe in predestination, and that means God chooses who he's going to save, so there's there's no point in us um, trying to reach anyone, and I don't think that we should worry about funding missions off of that because God will just save them, so we don't need to worry about it. So I think what's important is for us to keep all of our own money. That would be a major warning sign. Right. That, that would be a problem. If he said, you know what, I just have a heart for people that are hurting, 
and you know, I want my life to do something about helping them. Yeah, I, I think predestination, whatever, besides, but I, that's what I really care about is helping people. That's a winner of a dude. That's that's a good cat. So that's the direction I encourage you to go is is ask what do you guys what are your core values what matters to you what do you value what do you think is important. It's a great point, Lee. Well, <clears throat> I, uh, I yeah I'm with these guys on this stuff and I, you know I think that one thing that's interesting about some of this doctrine stuff is that uh, is the difference between you know believing what the Bible says and then and yet understanding everything that I say that I believe. In other yes. words, you know, I, Jed's exactly right. I mean, you'll, you are going to find verses where Jesus says, I chose you. And you're going to find verses that says, whoever believes will be saved. You know, whoever wants him. So you're going to find verses uh, on both directions. Now, how do we reconcile when the Bible says both things? Well, look, I, I just don't know. I'm just not smart enough to work that out. I believe what the Bible says, but I can't... Anybody that says, I understand this 100%, and they've got charts and graphs on how all that works out, they're probably shaving the ends of that thing off, uh, you yeah. know, one, one side or the other to get it to fit inside their theology perfectly and beautifully and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I think one thing that I've learned as I've gotten older and as I've, got, you know, as I've done more and more ministry... Uh, a couple of things. One, uh, the the real rock stars of you know guys that have been walking with the Lord for decades and have been doing real you know relational life on life ministry with people who are hurting and stuff like that. One thing that they'll tell you is that the older they get, the the less of all, you know they are they are less dogmatic about a lot of these doctrinal issues. Yeah. Amen. Number one. They'll, but they will. Those same guys will tell you. But the stuff I am sure about, I'm more sure about that than ev- than I ever was back in the day. Right. So, in other words, and that and really, I, I know I'm I'm beating the same drum that these guys are beating as far as kind of the core values and the stuff that 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 is super super important. But that there's a reason for that. That that's what we're really talking about here is, do you believe that Jesus was God who laid down His life to pay for the sins of people who could not save themselves so that they can know God? If we, if we're agreed on that, then we're good. One thing, you know, uh, when you see young people that, um, you know, they're in a relationship with someone who is not a believer, and you're talking to them about that, and they're like, "What should I do?" And you're like, "Well, you should not be in this relationship." And they're like, "I just don't know." You know, it's like, okay, well, whatever. You know, I mean, I, I can't help you there. I mean, this is a clear reason for you to for you to break up with this person. They do not have the same core values, the same beliefs. They do not see life or the world the same way that you do. But if you want to do this thing because he looks good in those jeans, just go do what you're going to do, man. But look, one thing I would that I would uh, really consider asking yourself, and look, I, I'm going to say as a disclaimer before I suggest this, if I'm out of bounds... I apologize. I apologize if I'm out of bounds on this. I'm just making a suggestion. Do you have another reason you want to break up with this dude? Okay. Tell the truth. Hello. Look, what I'm saying is, uh, have we found a have we found a scapegoat for yeah. the fact that you don't want to be in this relationship anymore? I don't know if I'm right about that. And and sister, I I'm Take telling you, I I absolutely apologize if I'm wrong. The reason I suggest that is I've been working with young people for a long time, okay? And a lot of times, conversations about breakups, they start over here, you know, uh, on the 30-yard line, and they wind up way, way, way back, 
you know, uh, you know, on the 10. So here's what I'm saying is, uh, if you have some other reasons that you, uh, you, that, uh, that, that you want to break up with this dude, then, uh, then, then let's let's be real about that, and let's get those out, you know. But if if as you say, everything's great, and we we you know we we get along great, and everything's wonderful, I don't see a problem. So that that's that's my whole thing. And look, if I, as I said, if I'm wrong about that other stuff, I'm glad to be wrong about it. It's a great point. You're not wrong, but you know, if you were <laughs> in a hypothetical universe where you were, because you're not, that would be an important disclaimer. All right, we move on to our next question here. It says. My grandmother is sick with lung cancer. One well-meaning sister in Christ from my home church told me, quote, rebuke the lung cancer and every cancer cell to die in Jesus' name. Whatever. Unquote. (laughs) Everybody will all now have a communal eye roll and sigh. All right. She also provided me with Jeremiah 33, 6 as a promise that God would heal my grandmother. When I hear stuff like this, I get a bit wary, especially with the whole charismatic healing thing. But what is the biblical view of God's physical healing? Is there such a thing as rebuking sickness? Jed, can you start us off? Well, my friend, I am so sorry for your grandma. Uh, and, yep. and all of us are. Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a terrible thing to be sick. Uh, we are praying for you. We're praying for your family. Uh, we're, pl- we're praying for your grandma. If there's anything we can do at all uh, to, to help, you just say the word. Um, we love you, and we're here for you. I say those things for two reasons. One, uh, because they're true, uh, and that's how we feel. The second is when someone says, uh, shares bad news with you, that's the way you respond. That's how to be a person. You You, you say, I am so sorry. We're praying for you. We love you. Is there anything we can do? We're here for you. Amen. And we'll be happy to bring food over to the house. Exactly right. That's that's it. Anything beyond that is inviting uh, bad things to occur. Um, uh, More to say is not positive. Uh, but again, we are really sorry. Uh, we love you. We're here for you. We're praying for you. If there is anything we can do, you just say the word. Um, the truth is, you asked, you know, what's the biblical view of physical healing? The truth is that Christians die 100% of the time. Hello. Hello. They die at exactly the same rate as <coughs> everyone else on earth. Um, uh, uh, there are three people mentioned in the Bible who did not taste death. Um, uh, well, actually two, there's, um, uh, Enoch, uh, is a lodger, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's a lodger. I was going to say Jesus, but he did die. He, did yep. die. he, he just came back. It was a uh, kind of a big plot point in that book, Jed. Yeah. I, I like to pay attention. Sure. I like to, you, you got, you got two people, um, in kind of obscure stories who, who based on the Bible didn't have to experience death. I can't really explain any part of that to you. I can also tell you that that's two people out of the hundred billion people who have lived in human history. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, we can we can all do the math on it. Um, God can heal people. God is God. He has the ability to do anything that he wants to do uh, anytime. Um, and sometimes uh, God does, well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, sometimes illnesses do, um, in a very medically inexplicable way, uh, reverse themselves. That, that happens. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, and you should be very wary of any person who claims they can cause that to happen yes, thank through you. spiritual means. Because they're talking about magic. Yes, they are. Um, the, the problem, the, the awful thing is, and if you'll permit me to say so, I mean no disrespect in saying this. I, we're praying for your grandmother. I, I, I hope that, that she feels better. I hope she gets better. The truth is that she, like every one of us, someday is going to pass away from something. That that day right. is, is going to happen. Even, you know, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but Lazarus died again. 
right. um, because he was a physical being and physical bodies uh, break down. The, the good news of the gospel is not that we're not going to die. Right. Um, and it's not that sickness no longer has dominion over us. Right. Mm-hmm. The good news of the gospel is that sickness and death are no longer the last word. Right. Um, the, the good news of the gospel is that death itself has been conquered. That's right. the good news of the gospel, right. is that it, it, death your, itself— Your physical body is the only part of you that will ever die. That's exactly right. Now, you brought up Jeremiah 33, 6, and before I pass to these other brothers, I just wanted us to do a quick case study in something called context, because Hello. that's really important. Yeah. And particularly when you've got people that are on something weird— Mm-hmm. And wanting to, to quote a Bible verse on you, we, we really want to, to get that out. So let me, for those of you that are new to the Bible, Jeremiah is a very long book, actually, in the first half of the Bible. It's called the Old Testament. And you can look it up on, on your computer. Um, you go to BibleGateway.com. And here's Jeremiah 33, 6. It, it reads, Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people and let them enjoy abundant peace and security. That sounds like it was taken out of the middle of something else. Well, yeah, there's an there's an it in that sentence, Jed. I wonder what that it is referring to. Well, it sounds pretty great. Yeah, it sure. sounds I mean, good. And I'd like it if it was talking about me. That'd be pretty awesome. Is that, is that verse about Grandma having cancer? Well, let's let's find out. Uh, we're going to read. I'm reading in the NIV here. Right. Now, this chapter is titled Promise of Restoration. Mm. I'll begin uh, with verse 33. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. Now, in Grandma's case, I don't think there's any guards. No. There's no, no word of the Lord coming to anyone. Right. Jeremiah's been dead for like a real long time, so it'd be weird if this was about Grandma. Yeah. So so the word of the Lord comes, quote, This is what the Lord says, He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name, Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says about the houses in this city and the royal uh-huh. palaces of Judah. Huh. Oh. That have been torn down to be used against the siege ramps and the sword in the fight with the Babylonians. So no. it's not about grandma. Well, I'm I'm a little I do have a history degree, as does Glenn and Lee. I'm a little fuzzy on my uh, Babylonian history, yeah. but I do believe the uh, Israeli siege of Babylon ended roughly 3,500 years ago. Yeah. So even if Grandma's really getting up there, I don't think she, her house was torn down for that. And also, it appears to be about. Uh, nations as opposed to old ladies with cancer. Yes. Mm. Yes. So So that's a bit of a stretch. This is somebody who memorized a verse, but got a little busy when it was time to read the verses around it. Yeah. Yeah. So here, here's what's going on. Here's here's the story is, and this is in the, again, the first half of the Bible, this is the Old Testament, and this is a different deal that yes. God had with people than the one he has with you. That's correct. We want to be very clear on this. This is before Jesus. This is before covenant Jesus. being the fancy word for that. Exactly right. You probably heard that word in church before is covenant. It just means a deal. The right. old deal was behave yourselves and I'll take care of you. Right. That was the old deal. That did not work out. That did not work well. And and here is the moment where it was really not working well. Is yes. God God had a country, and that was the country yeah. of Israel, and he said, Behave yourselves. Right. And I'll take care of things. Right. And they were really bad at behaving themselves. That's correct. I mean, really, really bad. That did not go well at all. So finally God said, I've had about enough of your inability to behave yourselves. There's another country called Babylon, right. and their people are called the Babylonians, and they are really mean. Right. Really, really. They're naughty. They are very naughty. I'm going 
going to make sure they come and kick your butt. Right. So they went and basically destroyed Israel. Right. And took all the people in Israel as slaves into right. Babylon. Right. That's that's where we're at in this chapter of the Bible. And Jeremiah was God's messenger to the country of Israel to say, but you know what? As mad as I am at you, if you'll just relent and stop it, right. I, I'm willing to, to turn things around here. Right. That's the healing he's talking about. Not cancer. Not cancer. Because this doesn't sound like cancer. This has nothing in any way, shape, or form to do with cancer. But there is something that the Bible says about your grandma and about you, and it comes at the very end of the Bible. It comes in the last book of the Bible, which is Revelation. In the last chapter, it says, Then I saw death thrown into the lake of fire. Right. It says there was no longer any sickness or pain. There was no longer any suffering. It said God himself wiped tears from their eyes, mm-hmm. the eyes of his people. That is about grandma, and that is about you. That promise is that no matter what happens, you will pass away someday. God, God forbid, but you will, and I will. But that's not the last word. And that God is going to bring you to a place in heaven where that's not it anymore. That right. is about you, and that's something worth claiming, and that's the real comfort that we have in these moments. Amen. Absolutely. Lee? Well, I agree 100% with everything that Jed just threw, threw down. Um, I, I'd like to, to, to say a couple of things about the, the miraculous uh, healing uh, people. Um, uh, a couple of things real quick. Number one, if you exist, miraculous healing people, um, would you please uh, go do that, you know, where all the sick people are? Maybe a children's hospital? Yes, yeah. please. They're um, everywhere. We, um, look, we've got friends and family who have, uh, who have children in the children's hospital in the city next to ours right now. Please go do that right now. That would be amazing. Uh, one of the things that, that uh, really gets me about this whole deal is that it is not almost always, it's always. Every single time I've ever seen the whole, uh, the, the whole healing ministry thing, it's always a, a Christian person who is dying to just be special in a way you ain't. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. oh, man, uh, take that road. Like you just have, uh, you just have a special thing. Yeah, we yes, Jesus loves everybody, but I'm kind of in a different class from y'all. Mm-hmm. So if uh, if you want things to ramp up to a spiritual level that is a little bit more, I mean, I know all y'all have your normal little lives, and you have believed in Jesus and everything, and that's cool as far as that goes. But I've got something extra. I've got an extra level of this. I've got kind of a turbocharged Christian life. I've got kind of a supersized Christian life. And if you want some of that, it's not that you can have it. It's that it's available if you're around me. Okay. Mm. And here's the thing. Um, There is no supersized version of the gospel of Jesus. Uh, There is no extra sauce. There is, you are a sinner who was saved by grace for free. You didn't have anything to do with that. You, you couldn't uh, make that happen. And you are no more special to him than I am. And nobody is, nobody is on a different level than anybody else. There are not, uh, you, you know, there, there are not uh, the, the, the bench players and the starters as far as your spiritual powers go. 
And if you're more awesome than me, you don't get extra special powers. Another thing that kills me about the healers is uh, it's always, and y'all tell me, you brothers on the podcast, you tell me if I'm wrong about this. It's always uh, sickness and soreness and cancer and stuff like that. I've never seen any of them heal like an amputee. <laughs> yeah. That would you know be what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. And, uh, and this was some, these are the kinds of things that weren't, you know, uh, these were not. Uh, this is not a problem for the Lord. I mean, if the, if we're going to talk about the healing powers of the Lord, He made the earth. You know what I'm saying? He made the universe. So this would not be an issue. But these are not the kinds of things that they do. Um, my last thing on this is that when you, uh, yeah, and look, and I, I've been cheeky about it, but here's here's the truth about this: is that people will say. Uh, that 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 they can heal you in, in Jesus' name because Jesus doesn't want anybody sick or suffering or hurting or anything like that. And I just want to speak directly to that for in, for a second from the the New Testament. Here's what here's what Paul said at the end of Philippians chapter one. Okay, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe on Him but also to suffer for Him. Now everybody suffers. Everybody suffers. Like Jed said, everybody dies and everybody suffers. In fact, he said, as a part of the body of Christ, it's actually been granted to you on behalf of Christ that there are going to be hard things in your life, whether that's sickness or pain or disease or struggle or, or death or whatever, whatever it is, we all have suffering. He did not come to remove the suffering in this life right now. He came to remove the penalty of sin and, and give us a relationship with him that we couldn't have so that one day, like Jed said, we will experience all the, the removal of tears and the removal of death and everything like that in heaven. But right now, here where we are, there is suffering, and, and people who love Jesus, who have a beautiful walk with him, they get sick and they die. Every single one of them. It happens to everybody. Absolutely, Glenn. Yeah, you asked, is there any such thing as rebuking sickness? And there isn't, but there is such a thing as rebuking people who give you really inappropriate comments <laughs> when you say your grandmother has cancer. Yeah. yeah. This is one of those moments. Sure. And it's it, fun. It's a rebukable moment. <laughs> now, here's the thing is, you know, for sure, when someone says my grandmother has cancer and I'm really upset, Nobody knows what to say to that. Here's what you want to do in a situation where you don't know what to say. Don't say anything. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. what you want to do. As, as Lee was saying, cook some food and bring it over and be nice. And, Brownies uh, help. Yeah. It, it, you know, uh, sit and cry with them. Do whatever you got to do. But, you know, you know so that's, that's one thing. If you've got a friend, if you say, my grandmother has cancer, and that friend says, well, just rebuke that sickness. What you do is you reach over and you grab them by the collar of their shirt. Or the scruff of the neck, whichever's handier. Whatever's handy. And you say, you and I are going to go down to my grandmother's hospital bed. And then you are going to pray and you are going to rebuke this cancer. And if she's not cancer free by the time we're finished, then you and I are going to have an intimate discussion in the parking lot about why you don't tell suffering people they need to just rebuke it. If you believe in that, we're going to go down and you're going to demonstrate it for me. If you can't demonstrate it for me, it means, A, you don't know what you're talking about, and B, you need to shut your face. 
quiet time. Do not say it. the last thing you do when a Christian says, "Well, I just rebuked that cancer." Is the last thing you do is go, "Mm-hmm." Well, I'll think about that. That's because they're that, going to tell the next person whose exactly grandmother died cancer. Exactly right. That same you've crap. Got, you've got to stop these people from doing this stuff because what happens is they rattle around and come to me. You can't yet stop him <laughs> before that happens. Hey, you I see, can... if you thought Gwen's doing a little exaggerated theater for how he would deal with these people, no, that's no, a documentary of not, things yeah. that have happened. Yeah, this is you know you you, you it's important because again, I, and and this is the way I'm laying this out is nobody knows what to say in that situation. People do get really bad ideas in their head, and they say it, and that's you know the you you you, you help them nip that in the bud. You're doing them a favor. You're doing everybody a favor. Uh, I mean, and we see this. Unfortunately, we deal with people who you know are, are sick. We've spent a lot of time in you know, hospital beds. Most people who you know uh, do stuff uh, in with the uh, you know ministering to people, they you end up in the hospital or, or uh, God forbid, in the in the morgue and stuff. And you're helping families and stuff. And uh, we uh, to tell a very quick story. We had someone really, really close to us that we really, really, really loved, and we're just, uh, just thought the world of her. And uh, she had an aneurysm, just totally out of the blue, young, vibrant gal. Uh, and bless her heart, she was uh, essentially medically dead by the time she got to the hospital. But there were some signs of life, and and they finally, the doctor said. You know, it's you know there. She is just gone, and we're going to take her off the machines, and that's going to be it. And a pastor that we knew uh, and still know, find his books in the Christian bookstore. You can find his books in the Christian bookstore. Uh-huh. Uh, wasn't privy to that, so he walks into a room where a woman who is deceased. is deceased, and we're in there, and we're all crying and hanging on to her, begins to declare. And, and this is not a, 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 a healing dude into all that. He goes in there and declares it, that God can still work a miracle and starts uh, praying and whatever and this and that. And it was just, um, I had to be removed from the room because it was just, you know, it was as, most, as wrong as it can get all at once. Be skeptical, Christians. Please, please be skeptical of Test this stuff. Test every spirit. Yeah, absolutely right. Last quick, quick point. Death is not a punishment. That's what these guys are saying. But here's here's what you need to know about your grandma having cancer. Neither is cancer a punishment. Yep. Uh, this is John, the book of John, uh, chapter 9. Jesus walks into a town uh, with verse 1. He went along. He saw a man blind from birth. Right. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. Now, I would say, if it was me, how can he sin if he was <laughs> born blind? You genius. What is wrong with you? Secret prenatal sin. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's born blind. How did, what, did he sin in the womb or something? What is wrong with your brain? Jesus didn't say that. That's what I would have said, just to clarify. Glenn Standard you know, Version. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so the works of God might be displayed in him. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, Jesus heals this blind person and he it makes the point I'm th- this situation has happened so that I can show you things and show you how things work so that even in our suffering, God can bring glory out of that. He can t- show us stuff about his character. Good things can come out of things that we consider tragedies and, and uh, uh, hard things that befall us. That's what you need to understand. Is, uh, you're you're acting for, asking for a biblical perspective on that. We tried to give you a good one on that, but I think that's the main thing we want to underline here is this idea that sickness is somehow a sin or an indicator of sin, right. or it means that there's something sinful and evil going on there. Jesus had dealt with that directly, and these people are not familiar enough with their Bible to tell you about stuff. That's a great point. One thing I would add on the end here is to kind of combine a few things that have been said here. This is a situation of someone who doesn't know what to say because they don't have any experience or knowledge or wisdom to afford, and just going for the supersizing. Yeah. Going for being super special. You'll find that a lot in church, unfortunately. As uh, When Jed started off, the uh, the things that the actual Christian responses to things like this, as far as loving and servanthood, are offering rides to the hospital, offering to cook meals, offering to just go spend time. Because I guarantee you in your town there is a retirement home full of old, sick, lonely people. Yeah. And if you gave them the choice between com- someone coming to visit for an hour a week and healing them immediately, they would take that first one. Yeah. There are little, very important, very spiritual things to be done, and there's a certain type of Christian just not interested in any of that. They want to be big. They want to be noticed. And uh, those are people who have we talked about a couple times these last couple episodes. A lot of talk and are absolutely no help when the time comes. So another lesson out of this is be the second type. Be someone who is willing to do the little things, the unglamorous jobs. Be the servant of all, and that will be that, much more useful to your body of believers than someone who has an answer. Absolutely. And that's the stuff that we're doing. We're sure. not, when we see people suffering, we're not trying to come in there and preach a sermon. We're yeah. we're, we're there with the brownies. Lots that's of moving tables, goes. lots of rides, lots of giving people bus passes. Yeah. That's, that's what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely right. All right, we're going to move on to our last question here. It says, how do you get better at trusting God? I have a lot of anxiety in my life that I've realized really comes from a place of not being able to read the Bible without doubting the promises that are written there. Lee, can you start us off? Absolutely. Uh, I can definitely start us off. And uh, I'm sorry that you're kind of in this place of anxiety and, and, and you, know, you know, doubting what you're reading in that book and everything. And there's a lot of different ways that we could go about answering this. And one thing I, I think a good place to start is um, is to not get bogged down in like I need to just read the book more and and try to dig into it more and and maybe read some commentaries about it and see if I could unpack all that and you know uh, you know exegete the meaning from the original language and stuff like that. Let, let's let's steer clear of that kind of stuff. A lot of times for young folks, a lot of times for college folks, that's kind of the first direction they take is I just need to I just need to double down on the Bible and 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 then I'll start to figure this thing out. The direction that I'd like to point you in instead of that is to um, is to uh, close the Bible for a minute, stand up, go get in your car, and go find where God is at work. Okay. Um, go get involved in some stuff where where God wants to be. Um, one thing that we find when we turn through the Gospels is, and these guys have already talked about it before, and we've talked about it on podcasts in the past as well is that uh, that Jesus showed up where people were hurting. Jesus showed up where people were lonely. Jesus showed up where people were in need. 
And those were the people that he came to minister to, that he came to befriend, that he came to help. And if you, as Matt just said, there are people like that in your town today. There may be somebody like that in your classroom. There may be somebody like that on your team. There may be somebody like that in your own house. And what I would encourage you to do is ask the Lord, show me somebody right now who's hurting, who's lonely, who feels forgotten, who feels uh, who feels that they don't have any friends, and 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 help and show me something I can do to meet a need that they feel right now. In other words, go get involved in something that God already wants to do. And the cool thing is, is that as 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 you've heard Glenn and Jed say on, on the podcast before, what may be happening is that you can hit a place of stagnation in your own walk when the only story in your walk is you, you know, kind of your, your sins, your struggles, your problems, your cycles, the same old, you know, cycles of wrong and everything, your same old stuff all the time. And what happens is if you get out there and look for some ministry and it doesn't have to be humongous, you don't have to turn the world on its heels. We're just talking about finding somebody who's lonely and, uh, and, and doing something to meet a need that they have. When you change that narrative, you change that story. So it's not all about you all the time. And, and all of a sudden you're, you're, actually meeting someone's need, somebody that really needs something done for them, serving somebody in a real and practical way, all of a sudden, the Bible starts to really open up and make some sense. Yeah. I mean, it really starts to, it really, you really start to understand it in a new way. One of the reasons is because the the dudes that wrote that book, um, they were doing exactly what you're doing. I mean, the, the guy that wrote over half of the the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, his whole mission was going into cities where nobody had ever taken the gospel of Jesus, the message of of Christ's love that is free for anybody who wants it is forgiveness and grace, taking that in and finding hurting people and, and, and helping them, serving them, and telling them about the love of Christ. I mean, all of a sudden, you find yourself partnering with the dude that wrote that book, and the stuff that was going through his mind is now going through your mind, too. So it just really starts to make sense. Also, the Holy Spirit inside you, he just gets fired up. And everything just starts to change shape and open up. And that book just opens up in front of your face. So the very first thing I would say is, if you want to open up that, if you want to understand that book more, if you want to learn how to, if you, if you want to tackle that anxiety, instead of focusing on the, on the scriptures you're trying to understand or the, the promises you're having trouble believing, close that book up. Let's set the anxieties aside for a while. Find somebody who's hurting and do something practical to serve them. I bet it'll change the shape of the whole thing. Totally, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it, it, one of the things that uh, people do sometimes with this podcast is they... Uh, sort of imagine if they were asked a question similar to the questions that we're being asked, how would I answer that question? This is a good question to look at if that's part of the reason why you listen to this program, because this person is saying, I have a problem trusting God, and that's clearly not the problem. In other words, uh, along the lines of what Lee is saying here, uh, this is sort of the surface level thing, but there's clearly a deeper thing going on. This person says, I have a lot of anxiety, and you know, uh, I think it comes from a place of not being able to read the Bible without doubting the promises that are written here. 
okay, so what do we know about that? How do we, how do we see that? We, we want to go one layer down. What's driving that? Okay. If you go one layer down of what's driving a lack of trust, I would bet any amount of money that if we went to this person and said, do you think God lacks the power to improve people's lives, to bless them, to you know, be there for them and all that, they'd say, well, no, God's got the power. And if I said, okay, do you believe that when God says that he loves us to the uttermost, do you think God's a liar when he says that? They'd say, oh, no, no, God's a loving, you know. Uh, if you're reading your Bible, you're into all that Jesus stuff, you believe that stuff. Otherwise, you'd be on some other religion, you know. But if I say to that same person, do you believe God loves you? Do you believe that God wants to bless you? Suddenly, that's a different situation. Well, I've done things, so of course God wouldn't want to bless me. Well, okay, so what we've the, the problem that we've hit on is this has nothing to do with uh, a, a, a trusting God. This has altogether to do with a perspective of one's own sin and how that, in their mind, damages a relationship with a God and damages their relationship with God in a way that is not uh, biblically described. You know that uh, we don't our our relationship with God does not suffer uh, and change because we do sins because we've been doing sins, we're going to keep on doing sins. Sins is a, is a permanent part of the picture, unfortunately. None of us is perfect now, and none of us is going to be perfect. Right. So uh, we have a bit of a misunderstanding here. Uh, the truth is there. we have to go one layer down and really look at this is part of the way we view ourselves, view our relationship with God. It's a more fundamental, more basic thing, and it's a, it's a, again, it's, it's a, a layer down. If I wanted to give this person directly any advice about seeing this thing, it would be to follow that thread. Yeah. In other words, I think it's a good thing. You read the Bible and you say, you know what? I don't feel it. Yeah. That's, in a way, that's actually good. It's way better that you have that reaction than, you know, sort of you hit on a verse and say, well, you know, by gum, if it's in the Bible, sure. You know, and just, you know, just blow it off and kind of, Bro, bro, God settles it. I, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Right. That's, you know, that's just, all there is to it. Yeah, let's, let's not think about it because then we might have doubts and let's just keep cruising on. I I think it's better that you look at this and say, whoa, now that's, that's hard to believe because it's too good to be true and it's too amazing and it's too overwhelming. And I have this little small view of God in this view that's in the Bible is way bigger and wilder and scarier and more amazing and more hard to get my mind around. I think it's good that you feel that and that you say, I, I need to wrestle with this. And I think it would be good if you kind of followed that thread and say, let me look at this. Let me investigate. Let me talk to the Lord about it. You can go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm, I feel weird and confused about this whole thing. I, don't, I got doubts and fears and concerns or whatever. And the stuff that you're saying about yourself and the stuff you're saying about me is just like way off from what I'm thinking and the way I work things out in my sense of religion and whatever. So help me figure this out and help me reconcile it. Help me, you know, sort it out. I think that's a good thing. I think that's, that's what uh, people with a healthy walk do. So uh, I, I would say follow that thread. Absolutely, Jed. Well, just to, to build on what Lee and Glenn have both already said, um, there's two quick things I'd suggest to you. The first is 
Um, you know, uh, Glenn said he's absolutely right that uh, you've done things you wish you hadn't done, and you feel like God's heart can't be towards you because of that. And here's what you should know on that is we've all felt that way. Um, we've all felt that way. We've all had that emotion. We've all taken that wrong turn. The thing I would encourage you to begin asking about that is, is it possible that God understands? Yeah. Is it possible that God gets it? He knows not just what you did, but why you did it. Yeah. Is it possible that God gets that to you it seemed like the only good option you had at the time? Right. Not that you thought it was right, but what else are you going to do? Yeah. Is it possible that God understands? And if he understands, does that change how he'd feel about you? Right. If he doesn't, you know, see you as a, you know, a, a horned sin monger just <laughs> running to and fro committing yes. acts of depravity because you love evil. Right. If he sees a person me. evil. Evil. Like the fruits of the devil. Very much like that. If he sees you instead as a person who's lost and hurting and doing the best they can um, with a bad situation, not doing a good job with it, certainly, but you know, trying to figure it out and making a mess along the way, the same as anybody else would, does that change how God would have to feel about you then? I think you and I both know it does, but you have to work through that process for yourself. You, you shouldn't take my word for it. I, right. I think you should yeah. work that through. Yeah. Write it out. Talk it out with a pastor. Talk it out with a mentor. Talk it out with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Keep it keep it real. Because what you're going to find, uh, just to give you a preview, is that he does understand. Right. He gets it. And that's a big part of why his heart is towards you, is yeah. he does get it. He does understand. Jesus came to earth, yes, to die for your sins, but also to know what it was like to be you. Yeah. And he does, and he gets it. Here's the second thing, is trust is a decision that you make. Trust is not an emotion that you have and then you act on it. Trust is a decision that you make. It's a bet. The way that you get better at trusting God is you let him prove to you that he can be trusted. That's how you do that. When you read the Bible, there's a guy named David who had to trust God a lot. And what he said is not, you know, I just wake up in the morning and I just feel it. I'm just like, oh, God, he's trustworthy. Yeah, bro. Let's rock and roll. Yeah. Instead, he said, this is Psalm 34, verse 8. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm -hmm. He didn't say, take my word for it. I've already, you know, I've already done it. You guys just listen to me. He said, go find out. Let him show you. The thing in concert with working on, you know, figuring out, you know, where's this doubt coming from? Does God understand? Is, can, is he cool with you in the midst of those problems? The thing I'd encourage you to start looking for is what's one area of your life where you can make a decision to trust God and let him show up? If you'll make that decision, you'll see him show up. He's not going to let you down. Ask, ask God. Start praying saying, God, show me one thing where you're asking me to trust you as a decision. And then I will see that you are there for me and that you're good. He wants to do that. If you'll get that from him and take that step, he will show up. I promise you. But here's the thing is to know it's a lifelong journey. After you take that step, I think the Lord's going to start telling you, you know, I got another one I think you should take. It's a little bit bigger. But you know you can trust me. You've seen it. Let me show you again. Let me Mm -hmm. show you can trust me a little bit more. And that's actually, that's what the Christian life is. Is God keeps coming to you and says, hey, I know I was good for it last time. Let me show you something where I'm good for it again. And it's even more important. That's none of us, this idea of just, you know, oh, I just love trusting God. I just love living by faith. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) That's not how actual Christians live their lives. Actual Christians, every single time they come to God and say, this sounds crazy. I don't like it. I'm not about it. And God says, I know. I I understand. Mm -hmm. I know. Trust me just this once. Let me show you. And I promise you he will. 
episode. Absolutely fantastic point. All right, if you have a question for us, you can write in saythatpodcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. We'll remind you about our Bridge podcast. comes out every Monday. It's a little 25-minute mini worship service for your uh, Kids Your Week kicked off. A couple of worship songs, some sermons, and then a little benediction song. So a little, just a little extra boost for you throughout the week. Also, our Bridge Box service, that's $8 a month. You get songs, sermons, videos, Bible studies, devotionals, some extra goodies now and then. And all that money goes to support the work we do right here on the ground in Chicago. So you're funding ministry by getting ministered to. We think that's one of the coolest things that we are allowed to do. And that $8 really does stretch, really does change lives. All right, so that's missionusa.com slash bridgebox. I want to thank you for listening. Remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. A love and pressure protection.